You are listening to the Converge Media Network, uplifting our voices. To make a positive change in the nation We're inviting you to partake in conversation To raise your vibration It's the day that we will all celebrate All of our peeps that make the thing elevate Watch the negative fade away Cause it's the day with Trey Welcome, welcome y'all to the day with Trey I'm your host Trey Holiday. I want to thank y'all for tapping in with us First week of 2024, and I'm so excited today. Y'all, I got a phenomenal dope guest here with me, K.Y. King Garrett, the president and CEO of Africatown Community Land Trust, is here with me. But so many know him for his giving nature here in community, like constantly being dedicated to seeing the legacy of brilliance of Black folks continue to rise and thrive in the Central District. So I'm excited. I'll be talking to him about the great work at Africatown and also kind of the plight of our community overall. So I'm excited to do a deep dive with him today. Of course, it is the top of the show, though, y'all. So it's a great time for you to participate and go ahead and tag and share the stream with folks who you feel could benefit from all the greatness we have going on here on The Day with Trey. Well, because this is the first time really that I think I've had him in studio, and of course, on our new set in the Black Media Matter studios, I'm going to go right to it because up next, we got KY King Garrett in the building. What's up, White King? I'm well. How are you? You too. Thank you so much for making time your busy schedule to join me on today. Um, As I said yesterday, one of my favorite people, you are also too, just one of my favorite people in the world. I get to tell the whole world that right now. But really, it's because I've been able to witness and be under your tutelage and realize the level of dedication that it takes to get things done. And Africatown is known to so many. But for those who may not know what Africatown Community Land Trust is, let's start there. Sure. Um, Africatown Community Land Trust is, uh, you know, one entity within our our larger Africatown ecosystem, which is focused on acquiring and developing and stewarding land um, for our community to be able to grow and thrive and place, you know, the Africatown Um, concept is really about um, having an asset-based development strategy that maintains and creates uh, space for the beauty, the breast, the beauty, the best, and um, uh, uh, the brilliance of our uh, Black experience um, to be able to flourish into the future. You know, so yeah. learning from our past, taking the the best, learning from the rest, and and and, and moving moving forward. So. Um, the land trust was established in 2016. Um, currently, have uh, about 300 uh, million dollars in development under um, in the pipeline. Uh, about 600 uh, affordable uh, housing units, which include rental, and we're also working on uh, home ownership. Um, and then some people may know the Liberty Bank building, um, which was the first project that. We really applied our our, our development um, approach and philosophy to um, uh, opened in 2019. It's home to you know community members that were 
um, displaced or at risk of displacement have been able to to come back or stay in the community, as well as uh, three, you know, uh, vibrant businesses, uh, Earl's Cuts and Styles, 30 years on the on, on union still there, um, Cafe of All and the world famous, you know, uh, uh, communion. Um, and so that just really, again, we have the brilliance in our community. Um, it needs space, though. And so that's been our, our, our focus. And now we have uh, Africatown Plaza, um, which is uh, being completed and currently in lease up, which is another 126 units of, of uh, affordable housing. So, you know, and I think the work overall, if you look at, you know, just 23rd and Union um, is much different than I think what was initially projected in the trajectory that it was on, which really didn't include us. But now if you go there, you see us, you see us represented, you know, um, our, our journey and experience represented in the art. You see us represented in the uh, actual design of the built environment with Africatown Plaza and its very unique, iconic uh, design. And and um, I think that's just, you know, uh, uh, some representation of, of what we envision for our community that has been in the Central District um, in Seattle for over 140 years to continue to be a part of the future of the city. Yeah, it's so important. I mean, when, when we think about all of the work, you know, development takes years, right? And so uh, this idea of, you know, Africatown starting and really being able to seed the design framework, the development framework, bringing community voice into the center of that. So building alongside community, not just for community, but really centering the voice of community. I think, you know, Africatown has done such an exemplary job of that. But also along the way, you've had to teach other developers, right? Like the importance of that. And I think there's not been enough kind of uh, focus on how the you know, approach that Africatown has really taken for these development projects now is inspiring others. I mean, we're seeing even other community developers kind of come to Africatown or look to Africatown as a great example and a model for now what they can do in their neighborhoods and their communities. Tell us a bit about how that resonates with you as folks have really understood, you know, their, the, the level of brilliance of the model. Yeah, I think a big part of our work is really about changing the narrative and the concept of what's possible, right? So I think prior to uh, uh, some of the projects that we've been able to, you know, uh, get done, you know, really the story was that, you know, it's over for Black people in the Central District and in, in, in Seattle in general. And I think uh, being able to have a community first um, value-based approach, you know, where we really stand on, you know, our principles, um, oftentimes, you know, which puts us in, you know, contention that for those that don't have our best interests of our community, you know, um, or, you know, are seeking many ways to, to exploit, you know, maybe use flowery words, but when we get down to the, to the budgets, you know, that's what, that's where you see the equity. So we hear a lot about equitable development, but for us, equity is, you know, the ownership, the uh, how the economics of a project are distributed. And so, you know, each one of our projects can be evaluated, you know, to see just how equitable and beneficial to our community is. And we're, we are proud um, what we've been accomplished against all what we've been able to accomplish against, you know, all odds, you know. And, you know, so. So, yeah, I think showing that something else is possible and then inviting or challenging people to step their game up 
you know, I think that's what where we're at now. Yeah. You know, we've seen some people kind of voluntarily come. We've seen others have to be, you know, <laughs> helped <laughs> a little more. And uh, for us, it's about setting new standards because one project, you know, two projects, you know, one organization doesn't make a community. So we want to see impact at scale. So that means others embracing and replicating um, the, the models that we're, we're advancing. So, but for us, it's, it's proof of concept. And I think the concept is now proven. So now it's about, you know, replicating and scaling so that we can make sure that we have a thriving community, not just a few, you know, people left over. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think back to to my, you know, first connections with Town, and the the level of the vision was always so large. It was always like, we're talking about years in the future and understanding development takes time. There was always this level of intentionality. You know, we started the week off talking about intentions. There was always this level of intentionality to not only understand that we had the brilliance, but that we needed the platforms for the brilliance to thrive, right? For the brilliance to be exalted and really exemplify it. And so I, I really uh, give so much credit to Africatown for doing that in that way. But that level of intentionality meant oftentimes, you know, also how we bring community members along as Africatown was learning, which I think was so key to this model when we understand centering folks in the community. Uh, you know, now over time, more people in the community are like, okay, we see, we get it a little bit more now. And it's resonating with community members now uh, more than it was maybe when I first connected with Africatown. And it's great to see that because, you know, that's something where I realized, man, it's it's a beautiful way to bring everyone up. You know, when they talk about rising the tide, um, I see that in the model that's been created. And you're talking about $300 million of development projects, 600 plus units. I mean, this has been uh, a, a way to not only showcase the model, but to also prove to our community members who may have been on the fence a little bit about like, what, what is the goal here? What is it? What are, how are y'all spending money? There was all kinds of stuff. You know, what kind of things do you say now when, when people approach you and they're like, man, just keep up the great work? I mean, how does that resonate with the staff and with you yourself? Well, people, you know, our, our community has been promised a lot. So I can understand, you know, skepticism. There's been many plans and plans and plans, of urban renewal, you know, uh, model cities, you know, great society program. There's all of these, um, there's, a, there's a, you know, uh, a history of promises being made, but left unfulfilled, right? And so um, people want to see it to believe it, you know, and that was really the focus to get some things done in brick and mortar, you know, to make the rhetoric real um, so that we can then say, you know, we've been able to do this as, you know, people have been skeptical, but what if everyone leans in? What more can we can we do? And so when people say that, I say, you know, thank you, but you know, we can do more together than we can do apart. And um, when we think about really building a future, you know, the generational wealth is, yes, it's monetarily, but having a community, having traditions, having culture, having a legacy that, you know, our young people can be connected to and continue is a form of generational wealth as, as well that we have to, you know, really kind of tune into because it's not just, you know, us as individuals, but, you know, we're up against, you know, systems and structures, you know, that, you know, 
are not related. They're not limited to any one personality or person or or or, or um, time period. And we have to, you know, get back to building those things. And um, a lot of times we can't see beyond where we are. There's a saying, you know, where there's no vision, the people perish. Um, and I think we did not really we're not giving, you know, a, a, a really a vision for our future as a community. Um, and, and we've seen, you know, us that dissolving. Um, but sometimes we have to look back, right? Sankofa tells, look back, go back and fetch, go to go forward. And we can see that we've been building communities, you know, just reconstruction, right? Coming out of slavery uh, without land and resources and scrapping together and building, you know, towns and jurisdictions across this country, you know, um, the fact that we built the majority of, you know, the country as enslaved people without compensation. Um, and then if you go further back, we built civilizations, you know, time memorial. So um, if we can reference that, then we can know what is possible for us and what we can do. And a lot of times that history is not, you know, known or to us. And so we're just looking at, well, we don't, we don't have it. We can't do it. But a lot of times we just have to go within ourselves to find, you know, that, that those infinite resources that we do have and then collaborate, put it together. And there's going to be some struggle, you know, so. But we get there. And, you know, the great thing too, I think is, is you know, Africatown has not just been focusing on residential, right? In terms of the ways to utilize the development framework to then build institutions and spaces that are needed in our community. So I want to talk a bit about William Grove Center and Banu, um, which are amazing, phenomenal projects that Africatown has been able to also, uh, you know, bring out for the community. Tell us more about these projects. Yeah, William Grove Center for Cultural Innovation is um, probably my my favorite because you get to go in to a space and see the, the the genius of our young people really being nurtured and cultivated, you know, around being the problem solvers of of, of, of the future. Um, and so, you know, it's a space for um, innovation. We know that innovation is part of our legacy here and and, and before. Um, whether it's, you know, what Jimi Hendrix did with the guitar, I mean, jazz, you know, up to Zenobia Bailey, a wonderful artist out of Seattle, you know, Ishmael Butler. I mean, there's so many names and, you know, unnamed uh, or not as, as prominent, but still um, constantly creating and innovating, um, connecting that with the economy, you know, we've always been entrepreneurial. We've had to be, you know, mm -hmm. I was told you, you need a job, a business and a hustle mm -hmm. by, by, by elder one time, you know? And so we've always been entrepreneurial, uh, making a way out of no way. And, but again, as this innovation economy has developed around us, this tech-based, you know, economy, which is all about creative problem solving, um, our genius has not been able to, you know, has not been brought to bear in those spaces in a way that returns, you know, economic, um, uh, uh, mobility to our community. And so as this economy grows and we're not a part of it, our community has been, you know, pushed out, right? Um, so William Gross is being a place of pathways as well as building an ecosystem around um, creative innovation, the creative economy, um, 
tech-based economy, uh, entrepreneur. You know, we have young people in there in agri-tech, you know, with hydroponics, aquaponics, you know, um, digging their hands in the dirt to creating VR worlds and, you know, sending messages across the sky. So that is, you know, very, you know, inspiring. And um, it's really kind of the, the epicenter, again, of building this, you know, Africatown cultural innovation ecosystem and district, you know, we didn't want to just be a historic district where we're just like murals and, and plaques of, you know, what used to be, but living memorials, you know, where that activity that's inspired by the past is happening as the greatest honor to the past. So um, that's what uh, William Gross Center for Cultural Innovation at the former fire station six, which was, you know, where uh, black men were first able to serve our community as uh as, as firefighters and, and first responders and so um i think we're responding to a different type of you know fire that's been destroying our community which is you know economic uh exclusion you know the educational uh deficiencies and and and, and, and also the uh the capital um flow into our entrepreneurs towards our entrepreneurs. So striving to bridge those gaps, um, just celebrated one, one year. Um, and it, it's been, it's been amazing. It's, you know, we just, again, think of it as, you know, our Tuskegee, you know, uh, which was built brick by brick by, you know, black people and, and our great, you know, George Washington Carver. And, um, and so again, referencing what we've done and then just replicating that environment. That's the model of Africatown community. Uh, development, taking the pieces of our greatness and putting them into our new our new spaces. I, I mean, then you re recognize the need for space for our unhoused folks, yeah. right? And so, Banu really has stepped up in a phenomenal way to showcase the impact of culturally responsive care for those who need that level of care. Tell us more about Banu. So I just want to also shout the leadership team at Yes. Henry and, and Bailey, our community builder, they're over there, you know, really making it happen for our young people. So WilliamGrows.org, tap in there um, to get to get connected. And, and, and yes, it's, it's all an ecosystem. When you think of a community, you know, it's, it's, it, it is an ecosystem. Right. And there's various different needs. So when we're talking about housing, um, there's, you know, rental, there's ownership. And then there's our community members that are actually outside on the street and you know what we found in is that black people in general are, are overrepresented nationally we're 13 percent of the population but over 40 percent of homeless this is this is you know um <clears throat> just absurd disparities and so when we acquired this former Cairo site at 16th and Yesla across from Langston Hughes, saving that from, you know, predatory development that would have just further uh, accelerated the displacement with, they were gonna build like almost 300 units of, of market rate, which is beyond the means of most of what our, our community members are, are making, and really almost anyone that's not in kind of the tech space or in those high wage uh, jobs. Um, we have a building that's, that was formerly uh, assisted living center serving uh, the Japanese Pan-Asian community primarily um, that could be used. And so 
Um, we identified, you know, one to address the uh, lack of culturally responsive services. There were no uh, shelter programs of scale serving our community. And then we identified black men as being the highest uh, being uh, overrepresented in that population. And so um, decided to develop, you know, a model rooted in respect and giving, you know, uh, loving and, and, and care with dignity uh, that uh, is responsive to the unique lived experiences of black men in the society, which produce the outcomes of being overrepresented in incarceration and in homeless population. Yeah. Well, uh, it, you know, again, I, I think for me, I kind of stand back and I'm just like, wow, you know, as, as much as an ambassador I am, uh, yes. Yeah. You, you know, I I love the work. And that is something that it drew me back into community in such a, a, a deeply profound way for me. And so thank you for that, uh, because really I've been able to now just be somebody who's out there constantly telling people about the dope stuff going on in Seattle and Africatown is such a nexus of that. And uh, you just explained a lot why, but after the break, we're going to talk a bit about how this kind of all plays into the waterways that we're looking at our community. Y'all, we're going to continue this amazing discussion, of course, with KY King Garrett and learn more about some of the things that we're looking forward to in 2024 as we think about our community right here in the Seattle area and particularly the Central District. Stay tuned right after this short break. You're watching The Day with Trey. New COVID vaccine is here. It's designed to help prevent the COVID variants that we're seeing spreading now. Even if you got COVID before or got COVID booster shots and the vaccine, it's important to get this new vaccine. It's safe to get the COVID shot and the flu shot at the same time. Get both to prevent serious illness this fall and winter. Get ready for a night of solid gold with the Temptations and the Four Tops. Same night, same stage, the Temptations and the Four Tops together live. Welcome back, everyone, to The Day with Trey. I'm your host, Trey Holiday. Joining me today, second episode of our new season at the top of 2024, is the president and CEO of Africatown Community Land Trust, K.Y. King Garrett, also amazing ambassador and advocate for uh, community in general. So I'm glad that we're going to shift a bit now and talk more about how the community kind of is shaping up, what kind of things we're looking forward to in 2024. And for me, I I, I want to start, I know it goes back to Africatown, but I want to start with like the state of Africatown. I mean, this is a huge um, event that is now over 10 years old. And what is it in its 11th year? Wow. I mean, this is a, a, the, you know, top of the year, you know, it's, it always happens in the first quarter of the year to really identify, exemplify and amplify the work that's being done in community, in the black community in particular. Right. Tell us more about how the state of Africa town kind of got inspired to start and how it's really continued over all these years. Sure. Uh, the way it started was, um, in collaboration with, in collaboration with um, uh, former state representative Don Mason, who was a part of the transition team 
uh, previous mayor in 2013 and wanted to get community involved. And I also had an idea to have our own like community based TED talk type um, event where we highlight solutions. A lot of times at community forums, they're like venting sessions about, you know, what's wrong in a community or what's not happening. But, you know, we want to definitely be solutionary in our approach and, and, and highlight the things that are happening that are working, that should be lifted up, that should be supported and should be invested. And so um, I think in the 10 years, we've highlighted over 100 different, you know, uh, initiatives in the, in the community um, and want to continue to continue to do that and also address, you know, where are we, you know, particularly, you know, on a, you know, as far as Africatown specific, what did we say we're going to do? What did we accomplish? You know, what are our challenges and what are we striving to do next? Report back, you know, but on a bigger scale, where are we as a, you know, as a community, as a people? Um, and what do we need to be, you know, focusing on? What's what are our interests and how do we advance our interests towards being able to um, um, thrive? Right. Um, and not just survive or not survive, which unfortunately, you know, we're not in, 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 at a much higher rate than than other people. So that's the nature of it. And I think as we come into 2024, um, you know, where, you know, as we in this year, we're three years out from 2020, where, you know, black death and murder um, was really uh, leveraged to get the White House, to get the last election. And then once that was achieved, we started to see the focus, you know, the the headlines, you know, shift, you know, so the energy, um, uh, which led to, you know, um, what was called the racial reckoning, um, a lot of proclamations, you know, a lot of um, uh, uh, statements about, you know, realizing what was wrong and 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 the um commitment to uh make change you know to build a new normal and rooted in equity um and we've seen a lot of that again slowly um uh dissipating yeah um, but what we haven't seen is the conditions change you know um to be that new normal rooted in equity. And so I think 2024, uh, we're coming into another presidential year. Um, and the X factor is, are we gonna be able to use our in energy to really secure our interests, you know? And there's a lot of learning, you know, again, there was a lot of response and resources were deployed, you know, um, but were they harnessed and directed in a way that gives us long-term sustainable change yeah. and how do we get there, you know? And so um, I think that uh, the statistics, you know, and obviously things are not gonna move overnight, but if you take the focus off and you stop applying, you know, allocating the necessary attention and uh, resources and effort, then definitely, it's not gonna. It's not gonna change. And so I think it's upon our community to really uh, focus on, you know, w what what's working. You know, what what hasn't. Um, we saw a lot of the, you know, 
energy that was at a, at, at the grassroots um, in many ways get co-opted, right? You know, people that were not necessarily con connected to or accountable to or rooted in um, or working with community in certain ways um, ended up at tables determining, you know, how, where resources uh, uh, went, you know. Uh, we saw a lot of divisive, you know, activity, you know, happen. And um, again, if we don't unite the resources, they're not going to be as powerful and impactful as if, you know, the various different, you know, entities and interests and people that are getting resources, if that's aligned so that they can complement, you know, work together um, and uh, collaborate. Um, well, we're not going to see, we'll, we'll see those budgets get expended after a year or two years. And then, then where, where are we? And so our, you know, a big focus of, that we had, um, through that time and maintain is land. Uh, we still have to focus on the land yeah. capital to, to, to develop and controlling the resources that are supposed to impact our lives. And I think that's where we really need to be focusing because we saw a lot of the resources that initially came out to address the condition of black community, then, you know, begin to be diverted to a lot of other causes or interests or, you know, uh, multicultural initiatives and DEI. But really, we were specifically speaking about uh, the plight of the plight of uh, black people who uh, labored and were not compensated and have faced structural anti-Black racism at every stage of our existence uh, in the land. And to get to equity, those things have to be addressed. And if we start, you know, looking at every other uh, circumstance, um, we may not get, we're not going to get um, the outcomes that, that, that we say we, we desire. So I think that's important. Um, well, yeah, this is why I'm glad that we, you know, are really talking about this because uh, the history has proven itself time and time again. I think the the level of um, intense focus that's needed for us to examine um, and and be really the ones again, as you said, uh, wielding these resources, but seeing where they go, how they've gone in in years past, and um, setting ourselves up to be prepared to receive the funds and do what's necessary for them, I think is, is a part of it. But this concept of really the collaboration piece, connecting all of these resources, because they do get disseminated out, like that kind of stuff happens over and over again. Mm -hmm. But how can we make sure that once we understand where they've gone, that we have a concentrated effort to really bring them together in a way to increase their impact. So I really appreciate you yeah. diving into that because I think that that's something that, it, you know, is still to be kind of understood by so many in community. We have some great leaders um, who are now like, hey, this is really what I'm about. I'm really trying to make sure we do that work. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I like that it's not on just one organization's shoulders, as you said earlier. Can't be. Yeah, it's not going to work if that's right. the case. There's too many we, different issues. Yeah. And also, too, we've seen that um, not work well for our people in the past, right? Where, you know, okay, hey, money's coming in for Black community. We're giving it to this one particular organization or these few, right? Because we think they're tapped in enough and we're still not seeing the impact of it. So the ideas of, you know, how we're 
elevating material conditions for black families. I've been saying that for now some years because it's true. That's the real outcome right. of, you know, the, the correct distribution yeah. of those resources overall. And so tangibles and measurables, how do, how do we, measure? what's really working? Did, you know, did the, did it move? I mean, we've had, you know, Seattle has a, you know, record number of homicides and we know the majority of those homicides are young black men. Right. Um, we look at the academics, you know, we see only 17% of black students in Seattle public schools at, 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 proficiency in math, right? How are they going to be a part of the future economy that is, you know, knowledge and STEM based if they're not, you know, uh, getting those competencies uh, down? And then how are you going to have that income, whether as an employee, high wage, or as an entrepreneur solving a problem that allows you to uh, build generational wealth, to buy a home in uh, in Seattle. So, you know, our approach is, you know, starting from belly, you know, from the womb to, you know, we have to be focused on lifelong uh, learning and we have to look at how does the system, how do we have a system that allows for and facilitate our well-being at each stage of life and it's not going to just be a program or just an organization. Again, it's how these, all of these things uh, are related uh, to each other. And, you know, I, I don't know if it's Einstein. They said you can't solve a problem with the same thinking that created it. And, you know, the system is very good at reestablishing the status quo. So what we're, we're seeing is, you know, a lot of the same uh people that, you know, haven't been able to effectively advance the interests of our community be put back into uh, the, the, the positions of, you know, determining or speaking for, right? And I think we have to, we definitely have to, to graduate and we have to become more clear as a community, you know, what our interests are. Um, and, you know, a lot of times we're, we're given that, that wood nickel by someone who, you know, gets a few pieces of silver on the side to, you know, compromise the interests of the of the whole. And um, we have to become more aware as each individual take responsibility to know what's going on and to, you know, choose where we want to put our efforts. You know, um, you know, ignorance is not exemption in a sense. Yeah. And just because we don't know um, doesn't mean we're not going to be impacted by what's what happens and we can see in our families, our own families, you know, um, how we're being impacted by a lot of these forces. Um, this is a phenomenal topic. I mean, we could probably dive even deeper into this because I think uh, it's not talked about enough, mm -hmm. right? I think we have water cooler conversations, right? They're kind of done in silos where a lot of this um, rhetoric and the, the ideas behind it, really the solutions that are necessary to combat a lot of what we've experienced historically uh, is done in these smaller pockets. So bringing that brilliance together, um, I, I love this concept of, you know, really being focused on how we do that in 2024. And really, again, 
you know, making sure that our community members are educated on these things. So it's not so that there's some type of general consensus that begins to really, you know, formulate once people are aware and have that information. Um, but, you know, we're at the end. So I got to give you time to look right there in the camera. You got Banu, you got William Grove Center, you got Africatown Plaza and you got Africatown Land Trust. You got several different websites to drop on folks. So this camera right here, closest to me, look right there. Let them know how they connect with all the great entities that you're uh, heading up and that you're a part of. Um, part of. Oh, so uh, connect with, tap in, Africatown Community Land Trust across all platforms, um, Africatown Community Land Trust, africatownlandtrust.org and uh, Africatown Community Land Trust across all platforms can get you uh, connected. So, um, thank you. Yeah. How they follow you? Because you got a whole uh, movement with Y King Builds. Y King Builds on all <laughs> platforms. There you go. Tap in. Don't tap out. There it is. Hey, Y King Garrett. Thank you so much for being with Trey, me. Today. Thank you for being. You know the amazing face and voice of. Um, our community in so many uh, spaces, you know, again, just um, we're going to be working up at WGC to get our cloning machine there we working go. so we can, we can, we can clone you, if, you know, get about 10 of you and we'll be good. Yeah, there we go. There we go. Hey, I'm here for it. Yeah, Thank yeah. you so much. Biotech. This is a biotech conference. Yeah, yeah, you know, watch y'all, y'all. What a pleasure to sit here and chop it up with my good friend, KY King Gary. Y'all doing some phenomenal work in community. I get to wrap it all up right after this short break. Stay tuned. You're watching The Day with Trey. Welcome back, everyone, to The Day with Trey. What a phenomenal second episode of this season for 2024. Huge shout out to my guest, KY King Garrett, for being here with me today and for giving us just a glimpse of not only the great work going on at Africatown, but also what we're looking forward to in 2024 when it comes to our community. You know, this is a discussion that I'm having with so many different people as I think about some of the ways that I can use my energy to pour into these efforts. You know, how do we really work to get ourselves kind of out of some of the historical uh, context that we've been kind of wrapped in? How can we educate ourselves even more so that we understand our collective power in a way that allows us to not only understand it, but to utilize it, y'all, to actualize it? So I really appreciate him getting with me today and to start my season off with something that is so profound for our community as we think about how we are going to be intentional in the effort that we bring to a collective shared vision of our success, of our health and our wealth, and literally the, the next generations pouring into them so that they know exactly how to continue this work and expand it in ways that are beyond our means right now in this plight and this time. So huge shout out to him. Y'all know I was inspired. I mean, inspiration abounds here on The Day With Trey because honestly, these conversations aren't often had in a format like this. So I really appreciate him for coming. And I appreciate you for watching. Be inspired because you too can be a part of all the solutions that need to be created in order for us to actualize so much of what we've talked about here today. You are a part of that. 
This is not something that needs to happen around you, without you. Oh, they got it. No, no, no. Find your way. As she said, to tap in, don't tap out. Thank you so much again for watching. And y'all know for me, until tomorrow at 11 a.m. Gain inspiration to make a positive change in the nation. We're inviting you to partake in conversation to raise your vibration. It's the day that we will all celebrate all of our peeps that make the thing elevate. Watch the negative fade away, cause it's the day we try. Converge Media produces culturally relevant content for black and urban audiences. Our coverage is raw, transparent, and objective, praised by community leaders, government officials, and residents. Support Converge Media today via Venmo, Cash App, or PayPal at Converge Media.